Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, and Nelly back with you again. And we are continuing Devi month. So get with it. We got another fun Devi episode today. Today we're gonna be talking about really hard to understand um, rooms. So what does that mean? It means that I'm gonna make Shane answer really difficult questions like who's the running back at uh, Alabama that you actually want on your fa- on your Devi team and we're actually going to hold him to that for the rest of eternity right and then we're going to make Delhi or <laughs> Delhi Nelly <laughs> I can't even talk today we're going to make Nelly try to tell us like who's the Ohio State wide receiver 3 right <laughs> and why that matters so you know we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations tonight um, and we're ready for that but we also brought on a guest to continue with Devi Month. We're going to have guests all month. So this is our good friend, Brandon Lejeune, at Devi Deep Dive on Twitter. And the guy that's created the Devi Summit that's going to be taking place this Sunday. Uh, so, Brandon, how you doing? Feel free to uh, introduce yourself and introduce the uh, Devi Summit and kind of give some descriptions as to what that is. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um yeah, the Debbie Summits is an event that I really came up with, I guess, last October, reached out to Matt Hicks over at the Rookie Big Board. Him and I have known each other for a long time as well as Felix Sharp from Campus to Canton. Uh, the three of us are, are really co-hosting this event, and we got to talking about this last fall about coming up with a very, you know, a big Debbie event. And figured this was a good time of year after the uh, NFL draft and our rookie drafts are, you know, maybe coming to an end for the guys that get into it really uh, quickly after the draft. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. It's been in the plan for the last five or six months. Uh, you know, you and Shane are going to be, uh, you know, guests and have your own segment, which we were talking about pre-show. But really, there's a few goals with the uh, event itself. Uh, the first goal is really to just introduce Debbie. Uh, to the masses and our little tagline was uh, the next step for dynasty fans. Right. So we've all kind of gone through the same progressions. I feel as though we've all had our redraft leagues. We've then gotten our dynasty leagues. And then of course I've been doing Debbie for probably my sixth or seventh year now. And it's just been such a fun ride for me. And C2C has been taking off as well. That's been kind of mainstream for the last three or four years, really taking off. So we wanted to create an event to help people get a better understanding of Debbie uh, people who listen to our podcasts, um, you know, I've got a Debbie deep dive podcast as well. Um, but, you know, I, I have people reach out all the time asking how to get into Debbie. They're a little nervous, especially C2C can be, a, a, you know, a very um, you know, daunting task when we look at the 45 rosters and stuff like that for players. So we want to introduce Debbie uh, and then we want to kind of get into uh, some topics as well for the experienced Debbie players. Uh, like I said before, you and Shane have a segment that you're going to be talking about determining player values. 
um, which is going to be great. We were talking pre-show on kind of what we want to talk about there, getting an understanding of these Debbie players. But I've got a lot of great guests coming on. It's going to be a six-hour live feed event this Sunday, 12 Eastern. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about it. We're going to be talking analytics. Uh, Matt Waldman's going to come on. We're going to talk about uh, player scouting and 2025 freshman class. Uh, Debbie trade grades by the guys over at Dynasty Nerds, Jared and Garrett, and uh, an AMA session with Katie Flower, Ryan McDowell, and Ray Garvin. And then we're going to do a big uh, three-round Debbie mock, which you two have been, uh, you and Shane, have participated in, which will uh, fill out the event from five to six. So we're going to be raising money for the children of Ukraine as well. Um, that's probably the second goal of the event, uh, to help those poor families, uh, dealing with that tragedy over there. So, um, again, thank you for having me on, um, and I'm really excited for the event and hopefully we'll uh, turn some people on to Debbie. Yeah. So make sure you're checking that out. If you're not doing anything Sunday, uh, make sure you check that out. Also, if you happen to be busy Sunday, go back and watch it. Uh, make sure that you're, you're, uh, getting all that info because there's so many great Debbie people, uh, participating in this event so make sure that uh, you can support every single one of those people as well uh, let's just dive into it so let's just go for it so shane what alabama running back do we actually want on our debbie <laughs> rosters should we just start there should we start at the top yeah i mean i guess we probably should right that's that's where yeah, she, i, I you tell me I struggle. I mean, obviously this is a struggle, right? But like, I still feel like Jace McClellan is probably the guy to own there. I think before the injury last year, he was getting fairly consistent work. Um, you know, was, was averaging probably six, seven carries a game, which behind Brian Robinson's pretty good. Trey Sanders kind of stepped into that role. So I, I almost feel like, it's going to be kind of a split between those two. Um, but if it was me, I think Jace McClellan's a little more talented. I think he's a little bit younger. I would probably invest in him. He's the Alabama running back that I'm taking first. I think has a little more pass catching upside, a little more, you know, overall value to me. And uh, I, I just wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt. Cause I think we would have seen more of him last year. And I, I think it should have a lot more clarity if that was the case. So do you mean like outside of Jameer Gibbs then? Right, right. Yeah, obviously outside of Jameer yeah, Gibbs. Right? Right. Like, like, we, oh, we like yeah. Jameer Gibbs. He's good. Right. Yeah. I was just ignoring the the obvious, yeah. Sure. you know. I, I, I get like, it. Jameer Gibbs, third on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. after he transfers. After uh, Jameer Gibbs, you want Chase McClellan. Yeah, so, Brandon, I guess here's a question for you, especially when we're dealing with, you know, a a Debbie position at a Debbie at a school that matters a ton for fantasy football, right? Um, because the value associated with the starting running back at Alabama means a lot, right? Especially if you can get them relatively young. Um, so the question is, sure, we have Jameer Gibbs, but is this a time where you're also trying to take maybe, maybe one of the freshmen that, that are coming in, maybe in a deeper Debbie league, um, where a lot of the top players are already taken. Is this when you're trying to go after um, either Miller or uh, Emmanuel Henderson, or are you kind of just shying away from this um, room altogether? Um, I don't think so. I don't think you want to do that given Alabama, although, you know, all those Trey Sanders shares that I'm still holding and hurting over um, certainly has a scar for me. 
But I, I think you got to keep going back to the well a little bit. I mean, they, most of them get the the draft capital, just like Brian Robinson did. And I, I agree with Shane with McClellan. If there is a guy on the roster right now, it's probably going to be Jason McClellan. I think I'm kind of passing on Sanders at this point. And Jamari Miller is someone who I've done a lot of film study, you know, work with in high school. Um, currently have him in my top five of running backs for the 2025 class. So he would probably be the second player I'd be going after. Emmanuel Henderson looks really kind of just explosive on the field, but that size that he has at 185 is just concerning, at least from a running back standpoint. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think I think it's definitely um, interesting. I like I, I love Trey Sanders coming out it's been sad that he hasn't kind of performed to that level but jason mcclellan i think we've been a fan of on this podcast since he was a freshman so really hoping that he kind of gets to put all those pieces together but uh nelly you tell me which ohio state wide receiver is the wide receiver let's say even two or three Yeah, um, well, yeah, because obviously JSN's number one there. Um, I mean, early indications are that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the wide receiver, too. He stepped in end of last year when Garrett Wilson and Olave were hurt, and he was really, really good against Utah. But the thing, important thing to keep in mind is Marvin Harrison kind of rises, rises up people's ranks into, like, the mid-teens of Debbie ranks. Is that was one game. And it was against a depleted Utah secondary with like a running back playing it in the in the secondary. So I think he'll be the two, right? But I don't think it's locked in. I would just I would pump the brakes a little bit there. Amika Buka is is a very talented guy as well. He was a five star last year. Um, they have some freshmen coming in. I know uh, some people are fan of Keon Gray's, uh, and they have a couple other uh, four stars coming in as well. And uh, with Julian Fleming still around, I don't think he's really Debbie relevant, but he's going to be pesky in terms of um, he's going to get reps from those younger guys as well. So I guess the answer is, Kane, I don't really know. Like, I think Marvin Harrison's the favorite there, and then I think Amika Ibuka is probably the favorite to be the third. But I would just caution being certain in those. Sure. Well, let's go to the Ohio State alum, which, Shane, I do want to let you know, that uh, it has been over 800 days since Ohio State last beat Michigan. But who is the Ohio State wide receiver three? You're muted, by the way. It's probably, it's probably better that way. Uh, because, <laughs> it, it, you know, I was just going to come back with some Michigan slander, ultimately. Um, I, I actually, I kind of think that Amika Ibuka is going to be the number two. I like, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. He had that great bowl game. But I do think that Ibuka is, you know, both those guys are probably going to start, right? And so it's going to come down to, like last year, kind of an even split among those outside receivers where JSN is probably going to stick in the slot. Um, so it's going to depend on the game. So I, I think we could see Ibuka have, you know, the production there. Um, you know, I, I don't want to completely write off Julian Fleming. I know it's it's kind of this, the, the thing to do in Devi now, like, that he's, he's absolute trash and tossed out with it because he was hurt at the spring game or whatever. But I, I think he's going to get on the field a little bit, and it wouldn't surprise me if he has a couple good games um, in there. So I, I, in terms of value, I think Marvin Harrison's a little bit overvalued right now. 
I think people, if he hadn't had that bowl game, would he be here? You know, uh, if it had been a little bit uh, a slightly worse, would he be here? I don't know. So that, that's probably my big takeaway for the situation. So I think one other position that we really have to talk about, and we're not going to talk about Ohio State anymore because they're yucky. Um, <laughs> but I think we have to talk about Texas, right? Texas is one of those teams that has just con- – that has consistently underperformed but should be on the rise every year, right? Like that that seems like the best way to describe Texas. So Brendan, this question's for you. I guess the big question is um who do you think starts at Texas this year at the quarterback position? Mm, well, I'll tell you they I mean, if it's not Ewers, I mean, there's going to be an uproar in the Debbie community, right? I mean, he loses the job to Hudson Card. I mean, I find that hard to believe that that would happen. Now, if Hudson Card actually wins that game, I think Sark is just wanting to have more of a veteran in there. And it would tell me that Quinn would probably need more time. There's so much excitement around this Texas program right now with all of the you know, with Bijan and them landing Ewers, I, I, I just couldn't imagine him not getting the job. And if it is, I think it's a red flag on his development. Look, Quinn hasn't played in multiple years, so maybe he needs half the season to really this fall to get back into the groove and to to do that. But it would be shocking to me if Card is the one they trot out there in September. So, Nelly, I know you're not a, a Quinn Ewers believer as much as some of us. Um, let's say Quinn Ewers doesn't start this season. Are you buying any shares of Quinn Ewers if he doesn't start the season? Yeah. Um, well, it's all going to come down to cost. I would describe myself more as a Quinn Ewers skeptic as opposed to like a Quinn Ewers doubter, just because we haven't seen him play college football, right? Like he's, he's a mid second round startup pick on in, in Debbie drafts. And he hasn't, I think he took one snap at Ohio state and kneeled the ball. Um, so I'm a skeptic and if he doesn't win that job, like you, like you proposed there, I think his value is going to drop. Well, it it has to drop, right? Losing the job to Hudson card, as Brandon says, that's, that's a red flag. Now it, it really depends on the price because the tools are there, right? He's very, very talented. There's a reason why he is as sought after as, as he is both from the Debbie community and from college football in general. So if he starts dropping like multiple rounds, if he starts going in like the fifth, sixth rounds of Debbie drafts, I'll be buying shares. But I don't know if that'll happen because I think I think the Debbie community is kind of known for hanging on to hanging on to players for maybe longer than they should, and and that's probably not even time to jump ship yet. Yet, so I don't know. Are we'll you see. are you saying that from experience with Eric Gilbert? Eric Gilbert's back. He is so back. <laughs> I just can't with you right now. Um, <laughs> what one guy I'll say, especially as we, you know, we talk about C2C leagues a lot too. Um, one guy, especially in a C2C league that I think you can get relatively cheap, especially later in startups, is Malik Murphy. Now, the reason why I want to draft Malik Murphy is either Texas lands Arch Manning. Right. And Malik Murphy probably transfers. Right. He's he was a five star quarterback, so he's probably out. Um, he's going to transfer away from Texas and be a starter somewhere or Arch Manning isn't going there. And at some point, Malik, Malik Murphy is the starter at Texas. 
right? I think those are the two realistic possibilities for me. It's hard to see a, a time where Malik Murphy stays there and Arch Manning goes there. Um, so I don't mind getting him really late because I think Malik Murphy um, has a bazooka for an arm um, and is is pretty agile and, and can run quite a bit. So I think he ends up going somewhere and ends up being successful. Um, so for C2C, it might not be at a power five necessarily, but you know it, it could still be somewhere where you're going to get some production in a C2C league. Um, so I like Malik Murphy a lot. Shane, you have thoughts on Texas? Maybe even thoughts on a wide receiver other than uh, our boy, Xavier Worthy? Uh, yeah, that was actually going to be my question. Maybe to Brandon is, um, and I know Nelly has some thoughts too, is like that. that's almost the situation where who who is going to be the other wide receiver to emerge? They brought in a number of transfers. There's still a couple players there, um, you know, like a Jordan Whittington, Etc. at receiver that Texas has. I don't know, Brandon, do you have thoughts on who could be, you know, this offense could be really good. And if it mm-hmm. is, who's that wide receiver too, I guess it's going to step up after Xavier Worthy. Uh, probably New York, right? He wanted the transfers in. I think he's probably, you know, he brings that bigger size that I think that they might use. Um, you know, Guy Hall went there too. And Sark, I, you know, maybe was involved in his recruiting. I'm not sure, but now he has him, right? So, um, Debbie community is kind of down on him. So uh, I think it's probably either one of those two players, Winnington, like you had mentioned, but he's more of a slack God, you know, kind of a slot gadget kind of receiver, but I would have to think it's, it's Neor or hall, right? Yeah. yeah my, one other thought stuff. that I have, one, one other thought that I have, I think Rashawn Johnson is an underrated running back. I think he is going to spell Bajan Robinson a lot this year and all the Jaden blue, fans out there may have to wait a little longer than normal but i think johnson's a sneaky you know third fourth round draft pick next year like a a son haskins kind of a good landing spot he's he's kind of like a sleeper of mine i I think he'd be a really sneaky he's basically free out there and he might find himself getting some draft cap i know shane you do a lot of the draft i don't know if anyone's looked at him yet but he's big and physical yeah, I, th- I think it would be interesting to see, you know, if he gets a little bit more work. I mean, he was pretty productive last year, had, uh, you know, higher yards per carry than Bijan did. Like, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do get him up over, you know, 150 touches if he starts to get some of that buzz um, as well. So I do like Rashawn Johnson, um, too. Nelly, I know you, you like uh, Neora, right, who came in from Wyoming a lot. You've talked about that in our Discord a bit. Yeah, yeah, I do. He's just like a – I think he's someone the NFL will love because he's big and he's fast and and he has uh, like high-level athleticism. Um, so like if he puts a year together, that's pretty solid at Texas. I could see him ending up in the second like second day of NFL draft. Um, one thing's for sure, right? Texas is setting up whoever their quarterback is going to be for success with, the, with these skill positions, even if they don't bring in Jordan Addison, which it seems like they might. And imagine if they do that, that's the best wide receiver room in the country. Um, but even if they don't, like Queen Ewers or I guess Hudson Card is set up for success. Um, but no, I mean, one of the highlights from the spring game was uh, Quinn Ewers chucking the ball downfield and Nayor running under it. Um, yeah. I have a soft spot for him because he had great underlying metrics at Wyoming. He had like 50% market share numbers there. So I'm a fan. 
Yeah, and I think it's worth noting too that like a lot of people probably don't know unless you're like deep into college football or deep into just Texas football. Um, Roshan Johnson wasn't a running back in high school. Right. Right. He was a quarterback. Um, and a lot of things happened for him to kind of have to be the running back. He was, he ended up being third on the depth chart at quarterback. Um, but because of multiple injuries at the running back position, he was kind of forced to uh, to be the running back beyond or behind uh, Keontae Ingram. Um, back, I think that was what in twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, and he had to make that change because Texas was still trying to be really good, right? Because you still had Ellinger, you still had um, what they thought were two top safeties, right? Um, Caden Stearns and some other one look at me talking defense um it's also worth noting that my brother's favorite team is texas so every time i go home (laughs) this is what i hear about right um but like he did have to switch to running back and he's done a really good job right becoming a running back isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do hell you even see running backs who have been running backs for years still not be successful Right. And so he switched from quarterback to running back and, and has found some success. So I definitely love that call, Brandon. Um, I think there's a few other rooms that we probably should talk about. But Shane, which team and uh, kind of position room do we still need to hit on, do you think? Can we just talk about USC? Can we just can we just. Uh, good just call. Shane, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I want to talk about. Like, come on. I mean, I, I have no idea what's happening. So which position? <laughs> running back not uh, quarterback receiver, they have yeah, their quarterback anything but quarterback i think is is worth talking about well, for that team. let's let's start at running back and we'll work our way to wide receiver too um you know at, at running back there has been you know some kind of transfers in you had austin jones you had travis die that have come in um you have relique brown the freshman um coming in but like I don't think any of those necessarily inspire confidence as like one guy kind of being the main guy, right? Like everyone if like if you could see the video, everyone's just shaking their head no. Like it doesn't feel good. <laughs> but like Brandon, what running back are we actually wanting from USC? I mean, I don't from a Debbie standpoint, I'm not really interested in any of these guys. I mean, Travis Dye, I think, is gonna be the you know, the bigger bruiser he's, they're probably going to put out there first to on first and second down. And uh, Austin Jones, I was never, I mean, he's a senior, I think Um, it seems like he's been around forever. Um, But uh, really Brown, I I could see him getting some play using him in a third down role. You know, he's the smart, he's the small, fast guy, certainly explosive player, but from a Debbie standpoint, making it to an NFL roster, I, I would have questions, but from a C2C standpoint, I, I could see Riley getting him involved relatively early in the season as uh, I don't know. Did he, did he like flip and go to USC or did, did he follow Riley? Do you know? I, I, I don't recall his, his trail relief Brown, but something tells me that he kind of followed. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Riley, you know, so it's one of Riley's guys, right? So at that point, 
um, you know, I could see him playing. So I think the, I think what's more interesting is the wide receiver situation. Um, you, know, you got Gary Bryant Jr. who seems to have been around a long time. He's I think going to be a senior this year or maybe a junior. Um, I really, I mean, Mario Williams is going to be the guy there, right? I mean, I can't imagine him not starting and being the primary target. I love CJ Williams. I love his physicality and his size. Uh, he really played well in the All American Under Armour Bowl uh, back in January or early February. So I mean, they've got some pieces, but other than that, I'm you know Kyle Ford. I'm kind of over with, and there's I can't recall. Taj Washington was a great guy. I can't think he came from Memphis last year. He transferred into USC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, explosive player, but he just never seemed to pan out. So, but I think it's going to be the Mario Williams show. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Right, like Mario Williams, very good. I think he's probably going to be the main guy. Uh, but I think Kyle Ford is excited. I can't quit Kyle Ford yet. Like <laughs> I, 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 I'll accept that. That that's probably on me. That I probably should have cut ties. Um, you know, after this past season, um, I think he, he freshman year. That's when he tore his ACL, right? Um, I feel like I he so. tore his ACL relatively early in his career, and then just never uh, really became anything. But you know, terrible coaches kind of definitely helped that. But Shane, outside of Mario Williams, like, do you want Gary Bryant Jr.? Is that the guy you actually want on your team? Do you want CJ Williams? Do you want pick your other player? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I and Deviant not taking anyone outside Mario Williams at this point. I mean, you still Michael Jackson, uh, the third there. Now, there's two more transfers. Two that we haven't talked about. Terrell Bynum from Washington and Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, transferred in there too. So, like, it, I don't know. It, it just feels like it's going to be Mario Williams. And if there's no one else that comes in, um, you know, if Jordan Addison doesn't go there, then that that's it. I mean, I think Gary Bryant has that potential. I do. I think we could be talking in a year about Gary Bryant being, you know, the the 1B. Outside of that, I mean, I, I doubt C.J. Williams is going to break through this just ginormous group. Um, so I, I tend, to, I'm going to just stay away from this this spot. I think it's a hard spot to be. I think what I hear is actually you uh, hopping on the Malcolm Malcolm Epps bandwagon. I've I've been trying I've been trying to ride the Malcolm Epps bandwagon. He just won't do anything for me, uh, Texas. So maybe now, maybe now's the time. That's true. We blame Texas for all shortcomings. <laughs> With Malcolm Epps, I think. Not his fault, just all Texas. So here's here's an interesting one, right? Um I know we'll just do we'll do this one real quick and then we'll hit probably one that kind of matters a little bit more. But let's stay at the quarterback position. Um I think we have to real quick just talk about Texas AM just because so many other good players are at Texas A&M, right? You have Evan Stewart ends up going there. You still have um, Devin Chen, who's still there. You still have, who is LJ Johnson going to be the next guy? Is that going to be Le'Veon Moss, right? Pick your other really good recruit that has also gone to Texas A&M. Um, you know, but who's going to start? Your choices are, are Haynes King, who broke his ankle uh, last season. Or, or was it his whole fractured leg and ankle? I think it might have been both, a compound fracture. 
you have Max Johnson coming from LSU, and then you have the five-star freshman Connor Wegman coming in. So the, I guess the question is, who do you want, Shane? <laughs> I was hoping you asked somebody else. I was hoping I could get off. <laughs> I saw it you on know? your face. That was the, uh, that was was the like, old was like, teacher oh. training. It's like, yeah, ask the guy that doesn't know. Um. Look, I, I'll still take Haynes King. I think, uh, you know, leg fracture aside, I think he's the most talented of the group. Started to kind of get into a groove, I think, right before that injury happened, kind of figured it out. Um, I still think Max Johnson's very good. And I I don't buy that Connor Wigman's going to step in and be like, you know, this phenom that's going to win that job outright. But I, I don't know if Nelly or Braden disagree, but that's where I'm at. Well, I'll tell you, after watching the spring game, they were all pretty dreadful. Um, I mean, Wegman, I mean, Wegman was inexperienced. You can't expect anything from him coming in, getting on campus relatively early for the spring game. But Max Johnson looked awful. Haynes King, I think they both had two interceptions in that game. They didn't look particularly crisp. Um, So I think this is a battle that's going to go through the summer and it might be called upon very late in the summer to see actually who wins. But I, I think I'm going to agree with you, Shane, if I had to pick one now, I think it's going to start. I don't, if it, from a Debbie standpoint, I'll swing with Wegman, but I don't think King and Johnson are ever going to make it to our dynasty roster. So in, in that case, if from a Debbie standpoint, um, I take a shot with Wegman, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, the, I think the QB play is going to hold this organization back this year. Yeah, I agree with, I, I agree with your point that Wegman is really the only one that, we care about or should care about for Debbie, right? Like Haynes King and Max Johnson, like they're, they're not going to be high round pro quarterbacks. Like that's just mm-hmm. such a unlikely outcome. So I could see it being one of those things where one of those guys starts, right. And then because they don't want to expose Wegman being bad early in his career, they want to kind of give him some time, but then maybe later in the season, if there's some struggles from the starter, they bring him in. Um, I think that's ideal from a Debbie perspective is we want to see a little bit of play from Wegman his freshman year, see him flash a little bit. I think, I think that would be optimal from the Debbie perspective. Yeah. And I think there's so much pressure on this team. I mean, I think uh, Shane would probably know better than me, but I think they had the number one recruiting season, I think this past year. So there's so much hype. There's so much getting the five, you know, the, the, you know, Wegman, you know, for the future, um, they got some decent receivers, you know, and it's going to be the, I not Anaya Smith show, I'm sure again. Right. Um, and then Evan Stewart, but there's a lot of other guys on from the wide receiver core that I'm not super excited about, but Evan Stewart looked really good in the spring game as well. Um, super explosive. So a lot of pressure on this team for someone to step up. And like I said before, I think the quarterback situation is, they're going to have, they're going to have to lean on a running game and hopefully LJ Johnson. Right. I mean, he's a guy that we've all been waiting for. We all have shares of him. probably a top five running back pick last year in our supplemental drafts or startup C2C leagues. So here we are. Um, Cause Devin Kane is a nice player, but I don't think he's built to run between the tackles at a, you know, 185 pounds or whatever he is. So I'm a, a, what I'm looking forward out of this particular group is to see if Evan Stewart flashes and gets early production and LJ Johnson, is he going to lay an egg his sophomore year? Or is this the year that he kind of takes over that backfield and proves to be the back that we all hoped he was last year when we drafted him? 
I think the other spot we have to talk about, right, and let's just talk real quick about uh, the other quarterback battle that I think is going to be on the minds of a lot of people. Got to talk about Clemson, right? Because I think that's going to be the one that people are kind of questioning of at what point do we not want DJU anymore, right? You had Cade Klubnik, the uh, five-star guy coming in um, after DJU was terrible averaging six yards per throw nine touchdowns 10 interceptions just really really bad i guess the question is like at what point do you uh actually want Cade klubnik as the starter and what does that do for the rest of the weapons for clemson like do we want any other weapons behind or beside will shipley like do we want anyone else because i think i just want Klubnik and will shipley yeah, I think Bo Collins is a receiver. Um, I'm interested in EJ Williams rebounding after his troubled season last year. I mean, he flashed as a freshman last year. He was banged up and had a couple injuries, uh, and uh, coaches are talking him up this spring. Um, I, going back to this the spring game for Clemson, I mean, DJ looked just as bad as where he left off, and that is a real concern for me. I would think that uh, have, after going through that season – coming out and wanting to put a stamp on the fact that I improved over the off season. I'm a different player. Now he looked indecisive. He was throwing all short passes. He was checking down way too early for me. He looked again, uncomfortable and a term I use all the time that the moment looked too big for him out there. Um, so I, if I'm the coach, I'm giving DJ the first half of the season. If I got a losing record and I don't see any traction or improvement in his game, I got to pull the plug and go with the young kid and throw him in there and see what I got. I mean, that, that would be my plan. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of with you. Like, I think DJ's done. I think he will be done a couple weeks into the year. Like, uh, like Brandon said, he just didn't look good enough in the spring game for me to say, wow, this, you know, he's reformed. He's back to that freshman we saw against Notre Dame. Like, where did that go? What happened? Um, I think it's a problem. You know, I I do question if Clemson's going to make that move um, and how quickly they do. I mean, we saw it when Trevor Lawrence was a freshman, how long it took Dabo Sweeney to put him in because he he has this loyalty to some of those older players that we've seen before but uh you know his his job starts to be on the line Sweeney's not going anywhere but the criticism will grow very quickly after what happened last year so I I think Kate Klubnik is very very good he's my top rated quarterback in this freshman class um he's my number one overall pick in my 2025 mock draft (laughs) that I um humorously released this week and uh yeah i think other weapons i agree with what brandon said i think the i, th- I think uh, bo collins is interesting and ej williams is interesting uh, i still will hold a little bit of love for kobe pace getting a little work this year and i'll still hold a little bit of love hope for nagata i mean i i really liked his game his freshman year I just, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy either so what other position battles at schools do we kind of need to take a look at before we uh, move on to the next segment here? I think the Georgia running back room is an interesting one. I think there's a little bit of cloudiness in it, and that's just a room that produces NFL guy after NFL guy. Yeah, who, I don't disagree so with that. I think it, Go ahead, Nelly. Um. I think the unpopular opinion, but I think the like I think what's going to happen is um, 
what's his name? Kenny McIntosh. I don't even, I don't, I'm, I know his last name is McIntosh. I think I got the name right, but um, yeah. he's not really a big Debbie name, right? And that's why I don't really know his name because he's just not exciting. He's an older guy who's been there for a few years. He's been like kind of a, a guy who spelled the starters when needed. But I think he goes in and he's one of the first couple. I think he leads the backfield, right? I think people love uh, people love Kendall Milton there. They love um, the freshman coming in, Branson Robinson, even Andrew Paul. But I just think the way the Georgia backfield works is they kind of seniority kind of gets the first opportunities, and then they give the younger guys opportunities as the season goes on. Um, but I do think Kenny McIntosh gets the first bite there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to go with the seniority guys, like you said. Um, again, Stenson Bennett, I think, is going to end up being the starting quarterback. I don't see you know Carson Bank or Beck or Vandegriff taking that position. And I think Stenson uh, Bennett is a um, or Bennett's yeah, but Stenson Bennett is is like a game manager type quarterback, right? He's a national champion. Yes. But I don't think they want to put the ball in his hand. So I can see McIntosh and Milton just getting fed the ball again. And we might see some Branson Robinson as well mixed in. I, and I also went for Lauren Dejan Edwards. I think he's going to get a little bit of work too. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you talk about, uh, okay, McIntosh moves up, I think McIntosh could play a little more of the Zamir white role and you could see, you know, Milton and Dejan Edwards uh, take over the next couple roles. It's just going to be a mess, but I think it's a mess where McIntosh, if he performs can get drafted in the, into the NFL. I think he is a talented running back. Um, And I think Kendall Milton, even if he doesn't perform exceptionally well in terms of statistically, I think he can still work out pretty well and, be an NFL running back. So, uh, you know, I, I think this could be a situation like no one was really talking about James Cook this time last year as a top 100 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, it, it could happen with these guys, with both of them even, um, when the push comes to shove. And if yeah, someone comes in me. and dominate, Sorry, go ahead, Ken. Like, just don't forget that Kenny McIntosh is also a, a returner. So that's just going to make him easier to be drafted. And I was just going to add that, um, like, if one of these young guys does step in and starts to kind of take over the load, that's one of those situations where those guys are going to shoot up the draft boards in in terms of, like, Debbie prospects. Um, Like, if Branson Robinson, it's probably unlikely, but if he works his way up to being one of the lead guys of the backfield, like, that carries a lot of weight, being a lead runner on a, on a Georgia team that's really, really good. So that's where, that's where we get the opportunity for these massive value gains in Debbie. And do we know who the starting running back is at Oregon? Are we confident in that one? Yes. Yes, we are. It's Byron Cardwell season, and everyone just needs to accept that. Byron Caldwell, Cardwell is, is, is a good back, and he's the only guy, like, with with like plus size there. So he's going to see the the majority of the carries and I'm confident in that. And I will stake my reputation on that. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be the starter on that team. I wasn't thrilled watching his film, but I think there's nobody else on that team. That's going to run the ball. Um, There's this pac 12 running backs always are tough to judge with those defenses, but I know a lot of people are very high on Byron Cardwell. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. All right, well, let's move into our next segment here. Shane, do you want to teach us something? I will. I will teach you a little something here about history. Uh, because, Kane, sometimes you bring it up. You, you 
you like the the prohibition time period a little bit. I feel right? like I would be a really great rum runner. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think I think you'd be good at. It. Like I, I could see that. Um, and so, you know, back during the early prohibition when that started, people obviously were still drinking. Actually, uh, consumption of alcohol went up after prohibition was initiated. The, the federal government was not too happy with that. Um, so what they they did, and this is kind of a little known that federal officials actually ordered industrial alcohol manufacturers to add poison chemicals to their products so that when people drank bootlegged uh, alcohol from made in the United States, they'd be drinking poison, kerosene, iodine, and chloroform, or some of the um, items added to alcohol per the U.S. government. They're the ones that did this and, and made this happen. And um, about the approximation is about 10,000 people were killed because of poisoned alcohol, poisoned by the U.S. government. Their hope was people start drinking this, they're going to get really sick, and they're going to start stop drinking and prohibition will work. Obviously, that's not what happened. People drank anyway. People died, and then they had to get rid of prohibition anyway. But uh, it's one of those like government, big government conspiracy theories that uh, actually has some pretty strong evidence and proof, and uh, a lot of different people have come out and talked about it um after prohibition ended so yeah the u.s government uh tried to poison alcohol to make prohibition happen end up killing ten thousand people that actually sounds like how everclear was created <laughs> uh I, I think it actually might be how like however clear was was created was just that pure grain alcohol it is terrible <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst alcohol uh, but let's get into our buys and sells here um, let's go over to our guest first. Brandon, who is someone you are buying, someone you're selling, and someone you just don't know what to do with? Um, my buy is going to be a running back I drafted very heavy uh, two years ago, um, and that is Marshawn Lloyd. All right, so I'm going back for some potentially more pain. Um, however, he's basically free at this point from a Debbie value standpoint. He's been kicked to the curb. Um, nobody really has any faith in him anymore. And I get it. Um, I've got so many shares of this kid. He was like my favorite running back coming out of the 2020, you know, class and my C2C startups and stuff. He tore his ACL right before the season started in 2020, 2021. He just didn't trust his knee. You know, Kevin Harris and Zachondre white were kind of the guys there last year. They're both off at the NFL. So from a, from a, um, you know, a vacated position i mean right now he's got the backfield uh the spring game he got a lot of run there's other players that are going to be getting there but if you go and read the coach's notes and do some research on it it looked like they are going to give him the full ability to take over that backfield and again this is a debbie value play um as you guys know on this podcast you guys always talk value and i mean honestly you can get um you know, Lloyd pretty much for nothing. I think he's basically free. He's cheap. And, you know, uh, the backfield, there's nobody in that backfield between Christian Beal Smith and Lavasse Carroll is apparently wanting to go back and play running back. He's transferred in from Georgia. Uh, none of those guys like really concern me. So I think he's going to get the opportunity, you know? So again, because he's so cheap, um, I don't know. You could probably get him thrown into some, some deals. So he is my, he is my buy. And you want my sell too? And you're on the right. stock. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, my cell is going to be a little bit of a spicy one here. I, I just put a YouTube video out uh, 
the other day that I made with Corey Piera, who does some work with me on the Devi dashboard. And this guy was one of my cells, and it is Bryce Young, quarterback of Alabama. All right, now this guy is valued as the QB2, right? QB1 in most Debbie drafts and most Debbie rankings, and I get it. But my concern is that the guy is six foot, 194 pounds. Now, is he going to be able to get to 205 pounds and put on 10 pounds um, this year to get to, I think, a weight that is at least the bare minimum threshold? Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, I would think that given his aspirations of going to the NFL, that putting on weight and building up some bulk is important. And this is just strictly a play on he is valued so high right now that if this time next year, let's say next January, and Shane, you know, you, you can come and after I'm done on my spiel on this guy, um, you know, January is when people are going to forget about production, forget about film, and it's all going to be, you know, about the draft, right? And I'm concerned Matt Corral had questions about his size, right? That was one of the knocks on Corral was his size and physicality. You know, it, it, you're playing with the strongest, the most athletic, the most physical athletes in the world. And I'm concerned is good. Look, I love the kid's talent. Um, there's no doubt about it. But if you just look at history, there isn't a quarterback under 210 pounds that has really played in the NFL on our dynasty rosters for a long time. I mean, people are going to say Drew Brees, but he was 210. He was six foot. I mean, Tua is six foot, but he was 215 when he went to the NFL draft. So from a size standpoint, I'm concerned that, the, you know, like I say, pre-draft next year, people are going to be like, yeah, he's, he's really good. He's been productive. He's a Heisman winner. Yeah, I get it. But man, is he going to be able to withstand, you know, the, the, the pounding that they're going to take in the NFL? I'm not so sure. And, you know, the lack of rushing upsides, right? Everyone is already out on Tua or everyone, nobody likes Mac Jones because he can't run. And, you know, in 2021, he had 81 attempts for zero yards. Right. So he's not going to bring that rushing threat to the NFL. And given his size, I don't think he's a guy that you want running down the field, scrambling a lot in the NFL, because I just don't think physically he's going to be able to withstand that. So I'm, I'm taking a spicy sell here because most people, including Corey, my co-host for that show, thought I was out of my mind. But I'm going to stick to my guns and say that the size is going to be a concern next year when we enter the draft cycle. And he's going to drop drop down board. So I'm saying he, his value right now can't be any higher than it is now. His value can't be any higher. He is the top top of the list. So if you've got an NFL roster in a C2C league and you're stacked and you got three good quarterbacks and you got him on your taxi squad, you could sell Young right now and basically get a haul and improve your um, roster in another area. So. Uh, as far as my I don't know what to do with, I'm going to say it's Jalen Milrow of Alabama as well. The guy, I don't know if it's going to be Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow. Now, I drafted him. Good recruit. I don't know what to do with him. And I'm going to throw Kyle McCord in there as well because you got Devin Brown nipping on his toes. So between Jalen Milrow and Kyle McCord, I've got shares. I don't know what to do with them. I feel as though I don't want to sell them because they could be the guys. But at the same time, if I got an offer I couldn't refuse, I think I would maybe sell them because I'm not sure this time next year what you know who is going to be throwing the ball for Ohio State and Alabama. So those are just two quarterbacks that I just don't know what to do with at this point. So I'll just hop in with mine here uh, just real quick. One guy I'm buying is Jermaine Burton. Um, I think he's going a little bit too low in most Debbie drafts, and he's someone that needs to be 
not just shoot up my rankings, but shoot up everyone's because if he really is that wide receiver one at Alabama, uh, stock up because he's going to get the ball a ton. Um, we talked about this guy a little bit earlier, but I'm going to sell Kendall Milton. Um, I just don't think we're going to get the work that we want Kendall Milton to have right now. Some people are drafting him in the mid third round of a Debbie startup. I think that's way too high. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just out on, on that value. My unknown stock is someone that we've talked about in the discord quite a bit. So make sure you join in that discord. Uh, it's completely free. So make sure you join um, is Jalen Berger, right? We've talked about him a lot. Um, I know, I know Nelly is probably going to say that he's, he's probably his buy right now. Um, but I'm just, I just don't know what to do with Jalen Berger. Cause I don't know if he's actually going to be the starter at Michigan state. If he is wheels up, and if he's going to get that same Kenneth Walker, the third workload wheels up. But if he doesn't, uh, that is really, really scary to me. So I think it's com- a complete unknown um, because there's some other running backs there that might be just as talented as Jalen Berger right now. You stole my unknown. I'm completely same page. That's who I was going with. Yeah. Well, give us your buy and sell then. Uh, yeah, so I am buying Montreal Johnson at Louis or no, not Louisiana anymore. He's at Florida now. Um, I think he's going to lead the backfield there in Florida. He, uh, he was good as a freshman at Louisiana, came over with his coach, uh, Billy Napier. And, and I think he leads the backfield there and I think they're going to be pretty run heavy. So I think that'll carry a lot of value. Um, I am selling Jaden Blue at, at Texas, and I know Brandon mentioned a little bit earlier, but I just don't think he sees very much burn this year. Like, I think he's third, maybe even fourth on the depth chart, um, and he's going as, like, sometimes the running back one in, in, out of all the freshmen in these, in these Debbie startups, in these uh, Campus to Canton supplemental drafts where freshmen are going, and I just – I, I don't like doing that for a guy who has no path to play time as, as a freshman and isn't, I mean, I understand that his film looks good, that he was highly, uh, highly regarded, but he's only like, uh, like running back 10 in the composite. Like he's not some camp miss recruit. So I just, I don't like that price. Like I think you can buy him at that cost next off season when he actually has a direct path to play time. Yeah, I like that call. I think Jaden Blue is a prime example of an echo chamber that people get excited about early and then everybody jumps on board and doesn't want to miss the train. I like that call. Look, everyone keeps stealing all mine, so uh, <laughs> that's fine. Like Jermaine Burton was also my buy, um, but uh, I'm going to go with Dante Dimas, the receiver from Maryland. I think people have completely forgot about when we talk about draft capital, I'll be heavily surprised if Demas comes back healthy in, in the medical red flags clean if he's not a top 100 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I just drafted him in Devi. Uh, like he's free, you know, and he's he he probably would have been he probably would have went ahead of Sky Moore this year if he would have stayed healthy and he would have declared. So yeah, I'm telling it. Like I think the NFL likes him. So I think that's a guy that that is a buy for nothing. Um my sell is Will Levis, uh, quarterback for Kentucky, is getting a lot of hype. Um, and uh, I think a lot of the, the, the kind of film NFL people out there are not thrilled with Will Levis as much as uh, all the people making mock drafts are. So now's the time to sell. I think now's the time to sell him 
when people think, oh, this guy could be a first-round quarterback. Like, I don't think he's shown that yet. Uh, and so I think you can get some value. And kind of on that point that Brain was made with Bryce Young, I think is I think is a good one. Um, I, I, I don't disagree with selling Bryce Young now. The, the last NFL draft where the two quarterbacks going into the season as the top two quarterbacks were drafted, one and two, in terms of uh, the quarterback order, was 2009. It was Matthew Stafford and Mark Sanchez. Uh, we haven't had that happen since where like the the two guys that we said these are the top two quarterbacks have been the top two off the board i mean justin fields right i mean that we we were for sure just it was just fields trevor lawrence and it wasn't so i i think it's more likely bryce young falls off than cj stroud does because of that size so i'm with brandon there too uh and my unknown was going to be montreal johnson uh so nelly just answered for me so i don't even have to be unknown about that anymore um i'm gonna go tank bigsby I, I like Tanks Big, Bigsby. I still think he's a super talented running back, and Auburn just really sucks. But I have fear that Jarquez Hunter could get a little more work. I fear that Auburn could just really suck again and just be, you know, an offense that's awful and that he doesn't hit the heights that I think his talent is. Maybe value-wise, he could be a sell. I, I don't know. But I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't quit him. So Tank Bigsby, my unknown. Well, that is our show. We just want to give a quick thank you to Brandon um, at Debbie Deep Dive on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out his podcast. Make sure you check out the Debbie Dashboard, all those great things. Um, Brandon, we just want to give you one more opportunity to let people know kind of where they can find your work and plug that Debbie Summit one more time just so people know where they can find that on Sunday so they can tune in as well. Yeah, uh, my work is at the Debbie Dashboard. It's a Notion product, so uh, it's not a website or anything. You can reach out to me on Twitter if you're interested. Buy me a case of beer, and I'll give you access. It's a great research center to have and research over 700 Debbie uh, players and C2C. We have C2C ranks, and we have all sorts of great Slack chat and and everything. I've got a great YouTube channel called Debbie to Dynasty Football. Doing a lot of uh, films there and shows on Dynasty Debbie and... um, uh, got a lot of good game films of players on there as well. And yeah, the, this Sunday is the big event. It is the Debbie Summit. Super excited about it. 12 Eastern time to uh, 6 p.m. It is going to be a six-hour live feed. So if you have any time on Sunday at all in the afternoon to catch an hour or two of it, it will be a live feed on my YouTube channel as well as Campus to Canton and the Rookie Big Board um uh, YouTube shows, but then I will be also cutting them all up and doing individual shows and recording them and posting them as well. So if you can't make it live, I'll be certainly to have everything on my YouTube channel per segment for you can go back and take a look at. But I appreciate you uh, having me on, guys. I always uh, love talking Debbie. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for hopping on and thank you everyone for listening. And just remember that we appreciate every single one of you.